Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live. Um, so, so excited to be with you guys today. Great show. Uh, joined by GDP. Yo. Fresh off the big win in the Bassmaster Kayak Division, man. I'm so proud of you. So excited for you. Dude, it was it was so much fun. It was crazy. I, I don't think I've had that much fun bass fishing in a long time. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you guys, we're, we're going to dive into that. Uh, just one on Gunnersville, a tight race. I mean, man, I was watching those those measurements come yep. in, and it was packed. Yeah, it, it's crazy. because So we can view the leaderboard all day long. Oh, really? You know, I, I kind of, like, started to view it in the beginning. And I was like, I'm not viewing this no more. And then towards the end of the day, I viewed it day one, and I was in, like, a second or third. But these guys don't have to register to wait till like, 3 o'clock. So the tournament's over at 2, and they but had that gap. Know. So they sandbag them. So yeah. by the end of day one, I was in fifth place. So day two, I was like, I'm not even viewing this thing, man. <laughs> so, but it I, turned I can, out really good. I can appreciate that. It was a great win. We're going to dive in uh, the techniques that he used to win down on Lake Gunnersville. And uh, and Joey Sifuentes, who just won uh, on Lake Seminole, is going to be with us. Uh, the Cowboy uh, just really lit him up. Uh, once again, did something different from the rest of the field to get a w in in the elites this year and uh and we're going to be joined also by a legend uh larry nixon who um you know has just done everything there is to do in this sport and just continues to light things up as he returns to the bassmaster elites and he's joey's mentor we talk about the different ways to learn at bass university tv and and uh this is definitely one of them uh i had a mentor Shout out to my my mentor, Rich Schneiderite, um, who taught showed me the ropes, who really helped me, you know, as I was going up, m make that big leap. Uh, and for me, learning how to win, how, trying to get into the winner's circle, uh, really helped me. How did uh, Joey and Larry's relationship work? What did they learn uh, really from each other? Because I suspect Larry might be picking up some forward-facing sonar tips. Yeah, I think it's coming to full circle for him, man. Yeah. I, obviously, the, the new generation and mm -hmm. the way electronics are, Larry probably needs a little bit of help, you know, as far as catching up. And you got yeah. a guy like Joey who who mastered it, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, man, it's probably, it's full circle. It's, it's full circle coming yeah. back. Yep. And, and Larry's got that championship mentality. He's made a million classics and FLW championships. Yep. Yep. Uh, um just done every one so many won 14 bassmaster events uh wow. just just a super champion mr megabucks if, for those of you guys that have a little of that silver in your beard like me i remember that too about. yeah i do four four megabucks wow when uh first million dollar bass angler yep larry nixon that's incredible he's gonna be with us uh both joey and larry will be with us so it's gonna be great you guys are watching on facebook social like and share the feed what are our prizes today, Jocelyn, as you're typing away over there and I'm interrupting you and catching you out, out <laughs> away from you. the mic? <laughs> <laughs> well, for our like and share, we have our Waterwood custom baits, which you get two of them, which is a about a $60 value, would you say? Yes. Maybe more? Yes, ma'am. And then for our, your grand prize, there's a Bash University hat with some Rapala DT6s. I, one of them's ice demon color, but I forget the other one. It's right there. Um Oh, that's that herring color. Um, that's is that's an Ike sink too, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then you get some VMC hooks to go with them as well. So that's, that's the blue back herring. Oh yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I actually use that for smallmouth. I don't. They love the blue back. They don't have blue back herring in their lakes, but they love to eat them on blue the DT six. <laughs> and there's some weedless Nico hooks in there. Yes. Wacky rig season right around the corner, and that hook is bad to the bone. That's the same one I throw too. Well, there's going to be so many different trivia questions that we might mm -hmm. be able to gather. So everyone needs to pay attention. This, you need, this to, you, you, sure. need you need to pay attention because we, we can do way. Every time we have a legend on can do ways in. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Ken. Uh, got a lot of great trivia stuff that we're going to we're going to talk about his questions. And one of them very likely could be uh, the grand prize question for today's show. But I uh, also want to invite you guys to check out his new podcast, The Big Bass Podcast. Uh, you can watch it over on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Go check it out. Uh, just really some amazing stuff. I was just listening to the 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 20-pound Florida record uh, story from, uh, from I guess, uh, the most recent 
uh, release over there. So uh, Terry Battisti and Ken Duke do an amazing job telling the stories of the biggest fish that have ever been caught. 20 pounder. I think it was 20 pounds, eight ounces. I can't imagine that. One of our, one of our buddies just caught a 10 pounder down in Florida. um, Sunday. Uh, Epic Eric. Epic Eric. uh, Caught himself an absolute ginormous one. Um, Came in at like 25 and a half inches Mm. long. Just a absolute monster. I forget what the exact weight was, but it was a certified mega over 10. I don't know if I could catch fish because uh, when I lift up like 10 pound weights, I'm like struggling (laughs) to begin with. So a 20 pound, I I think I'd fall over in the water. (laughs) And they don't let you. They're fighting back. Oh, yeah. Oh, then, yeah, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. (laughs) They're, they're fighting back the whole time. Yeah. Hey, congratulations, Epic Eric. Yeah, is he on tour? What's he doing? He's, he, he's on he's, his own tour. Is he? He's on the Epic yeah. Eric Legendary Lakes, just living life Killing tour. It. Awesome. It, That's what awesome. It is. And, yeah, yeah, it is. It is awesome. Admirable. Like, hey, I was talking to him about this experience, and and he's at a point in his life that you know we all do, right? We make sacrifices mm-hmm. to to do this, to work, yep. to family, and and you 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 get to fish, you get to do your stuff, but you don't get to do. And, and as much as you would like, and he's he's taking advantage of it. He's going to the greatest lakes, going fishing with the people that he's met through his podcast. Uh, shout out to Smallmouth Crush um, that he that he does that, and, and you know he's traveling around fishing with all these great people, all these great lakes. Uh, you know, good for him. We're yeah. we're all watching. E, we want to see another ten pounder, eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it keep it coming. I want to yeah. give a shout out to the people that are here. Howie, what's up, buddy? Always great to have you with us. Oh yeah, Rich. And um, BKJ, love to have you. Or it's great to have you guys, Nate. Um, so many guys already with us, Jason. Appreciate you, all you guys watching. Get your questions together for all. Man, what a what a stacked field we have today. Of uh, I see a name anglers. on the message board that I haven't seen in a while. Wild Bill is back in Wild chat. Wild Bill. Bill, what's up, Wild Bill? Miss seeing your name. I miss mi- miss you, man. I hope you're. Uh, getting ready for this fishing season i hope so i know he I, is i know we all are uh as a matter of fact that you know i'm going to be fishing uh this weekend Uh-oh. you know nice in the in the 30 degree temperatures just it's like Where? it's been so mild wherever i can oh. but uh <laughs> the uh it's, it's been so mild of course the day that i'm gonna take the boat out it's gonna be just like texas yeah nice. 30 degrees ice maybe you can borrow you know. gdp's flip-flops that he's wearing yeah. today in this freezing cold weather hey i like it early yeah. season flip-flops it's just like you're trying to influence the weather like, right come on come on come on, on. <laughs> come on. Well, are we taking a break? We are going to take a break. Um, we got a few minutes to uh, to to hold off though until we get Joey. Um, okay. There's been a lot going on in the tournament world uh, the last couple weeks, Pete. Obviously, we're we're going to be talking with Joey about his win at Seminole. We're going to be recapping with Greg um, about his win at Lake Gunnersville um, and his very first ever kayak series event, which is downright impressive. But there was also a tackle warehouse event that went on down at Clark's Hill and guy who won Dakota Ebear. Um, guys, if you if he's not on your radar, if you're not paying attention to what he's doing, you need to be because he is winning at a really alarming rate right now. Just pretty much catching him in every single tournament. Um, I mean, he's he's gone from uh from, he he's gone through the levels extremely quickly. And uh it's it's really, really impressive what he's doing. And uh, another Bashu instructor uh, got himself a big win this past weekend down in Texas. Um, our buddy Lee Livesey won a it's a, well done, one, of those, Lee. one of those giant opens down there that you win fifty thousand in for a weekend yeah. tournament. Mm. Um, he won himself another fifty Gs last week. All that so guy does is win. It's getting, <laughs> it's really getting ridiculous. I yeah. mean, knock it, it off <laughs> <laughs> slow down slow down let some other people nah, keep it a, going man keep it going crack at things yeah that's that's right but um yeah man a lot lot going on in the in the tournament world we got lake murray coming up next for the for the elites that would be after the classic and yeah. since classic is kind of coming up here let's let's get a couple uh let's get a couple picks out there i want to i want to know who we got who we think is going to take it home what uh what how's it going to go down down there in knoxville pete what's your take you know, I'm a. I think it's going to be late March, and I'm 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 kind of hedging my bets towards a shallow water kind of tournament as this this year starts to warm up. I'm 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 gambling that way, and I and I just I I'm going with 
fan favorites because they're my favorites too. And two of the guys that I like down there are Hackney and John Cox. Cox is always in the shallow water, always getting it done. And uh, Hackney's had a couple good tournaments this year. He actually fished the open just to stay active uh, because there's a big gap, gap, mm-hmm. you know, for tournaments. So, uh, and I, I, I'm going, I'm going out on a limb. I'm picking Hackney to win the classic okay. this year. Get All his, right. get his first classic. All right, it's a good pick. GDP. You know, man. E- even though it's a little bit later than when, when we were there, and you know, two years ago, I'm still going Gussie because yeah. I know the area where he won as far as like after the tournament was over, probably got absolutely pounded by locals. Right. But there's a difference, I still think, at the Elite Series level. So the moping, how he won the tournament, yep. he's an absolute professional at that. That is yeah. what he does at home. I don't think there's – it could be as pressured as possible. I think Gussie, regardless of time of year, is still going to catch them fish. I guarantee you that's, a, that's the first spot he's running to in practice. Yeah, you know he's going to try to reduplicate what he did, and I think he's going to do it again, man. He dominated that tournament. Hey, well, there's no doubt. Yep. And that, how many weeks later is it from when he won? A couple, just a couple, maybe weeks. three. Yeah, because it was I think it was like late February when we were there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. He was. I remember him being interviewed about that moping technique, and um, and just couldn't couldn't believe that the tournament set up yep. to fish that way because yep. he. He's done that for so many years. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get across. I think I think when you get a guy that's so confident, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we teach her about you. You get the confidence in what you're doing, and Gussie obviously had that in that tournament. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. Yep, you know, very hard. And you know, you know who? Well, I mean, Brandon Lester. We just had speak at Bash University, and uh, he talks about tight lining and how mm-hmm. important that's that true. has become for his technique and strategy. He had a top ten there. Last time, uh, he's a solid pick. He's a solid pick. That's sure. my pick. That's a good pick. Is Brandon Lester? It, it would be. I, I'm torn between Brandon Lester and John Cox in that event. Um, you know, I just feel like, you know, John Cox. The last last time he, we that they were there, I just loved seeing the way he was catching him so much shallow, Fritz side, dirty water. Just mm-hmm. every fish that he caught had that Fritz side so far down mm-hmm. the crushers. It was amazing, but. I mean, with the with the advancement of forward facing sonar and, you know, like you said, Pete, it's it's going to be later in the year. So I think it not not later in the year, but it's late March. Um, and there, there's going to be a lot of fish that are probably up on the bank. They're getting shallow. But, man, it seems like the guys that can figure out the ones that are still coming to the bank seem to get it done for sure. They are freaking heavy. They're big. They're biting. They're 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 still on bait. So I, I got to go with Brandon Lester. You know he did an amazing seminar for us this year, um, and I think a lot of what he talked about is going to play. Um, but yeah, Pete, let's hit that break. We uh, we got Joey ready to go now, so we'll we'll hit our little commercial spot and come back to him. Looking forward to it. We'll be right back after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in. Waterwood custom baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of marupa pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a waterwood custom bait these things are handmade in the rainforest south of brazil and i mean as you can see right here it's a fish catching bait it's got the front hook that means they wanted it this baits uh it's running really true it throws really well guys check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com
underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. The drop shot rod, the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during the tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hooks up. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. And we're back. Welcome back to Bash University Live, everybody. As I'm scanning through everybody's pick uh, for the classic, it's awesome that you guys are all weighing in. Wild Bill's picking uh, Louis Minetti, the, um, uh, the Jersey boy. Let's yeah. go, Lou. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, great pick. Uh, I see them all coming in. G-Man, it's his year. I hear you, Neil. Not a bad pick. Coop is uh, also on the list. And Cooper uh, Gallant? Yep. Let's go, Cooper. Yep. Uh, St. Press <laughs> picks him. Uh, coach also, Coach wants G-Man, Christy to repeat. Uh, a lot of great picks, man. I love it. Love it. We're all. I can't wait to see how it all plays out. We're going to be down there. If you're down at the Bassmaster Classic in Knoxville, stop by and see us. Bass University will be there. We're going to be filming some amazing uh, educational content. Uh, plus, we, we're, we have some great deals going on at the Classic. If you're a subscriber, make sure you stop by the booth. We've got something really cool. For you too so uh you with, may or may not get a free bush light with your annual subscription after 3 p.m <laughs> you never know what's in the bash university cooler <laughs> but uh make, make sure stop by and check it out but uh, w without any further ado we've got a we got a great champion a, a big <laughs> giant win uh down at lake seminole one one of my favorite places to fish did it, it, it once again did it in a way that the other fields seemed to miss and I want to welcome to welcome to, to the show Joey Sofuentes, the cowboy. Great to have you with us today. Yeehaw. Yes. There he is. Crank, crank right. that volume up, Rich. <laughs> hey, we, we got you, man. Uh, once again, congratulations on your win and thanks for being with us today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was man, something I've been been wanting to do. It's uh and it I, I couldn't believe it happened that quick, you know. But but I, I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh looking forward to going over how I did it. Well, I am too, man. It's uh, man. It, it it seems like the well, the wins are what separates everybody, and getting your win, you know, so early, it's just it's phenomenal. It's gonna uh, speak volumes. In my own personal opinion, I find that once once guys get a win, it the the, the next one's coming, uh, and you know, so you you got that done. You you have the ability to get there, and um uh, and you did it, man. You did it in a, in a cool way. We we all know forward facing sonar everybody's out there trying to do it but somehow you were able to figure out something that everybody missed yeah that that really kind of blows my mind because um i mean i didn't go into the tournament thinking i was going to use forward facing sonar i mean it's like seminole and and the, the weather was warming up and and i was thinking i was probably going to be fishing shallow going there to be honest with you um but when I when I when I got to practice and I noticed the wind was really blowing pretty hard, kind of out of the west, and 
and it seemed to be cooler and and the moon didn't seem right like i just felt like i needed to go out there and check deep you know and so that's mm. why i did that yeah the well i mean spring creek right it's notorious it's got the standing timber it's got the defined creek channel running through there that that's uh one of the local guys uh, uh rob was um uh does the mlf commentary uh, rob newell rob newell was 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 commenting that gotta watch spring creek that tim i fished a tournament where b height uh was drop shotting in those trees before we could look out front and uh did ex did extremely well and that's that's where you wound up looking and finding them i know a lot of people were looking there but what what, what exactly did you find um well i i so really to be honest with you I, I have a little bit of history on seminole not much i fished a flw tour event there like in 19 and i did terrible and then i fished the toyota series and i found some fish in that little area and that's kind of where i stayed in the tournament and i made a top 10. and um and so you know i went in there looking around i was i, I wanted to start deep and look pre-spawn and, and just look in the timber like with my live scope and so i just i just went in there and, and that it seemed to be that little specific like 300 yard stretch of timber is where the fish the, the larger fish were at i don't really know why but i did it in other places in the creek i just happened to um have a little history there and remember that and kind of check that that certain stretch and and to be honest with you going out towards the mouth of the creek too from where i was it's all really good too but the water was just a little dirty because we had that wind that was blowing in the creek so it just wasn't right you know i was i was kind of right there where it went from dirty to to clean so it's kind of a it's just kind of a sweet spot i guess it's funny because when i went there in pre-practice i got on really good forward facing sonar where you're talking about out front there in spring creek and i checked the area in the same deal it was kind of blown out so I saw where you were in the tournament. I passed you every day. Um, I went through there in practice and I saw some fish, but I never got on the bite. So in your practice, I mean, how was your practice? Did you did you try to catch them fish or was it tough for you or what? Most of the guys, I think, were struggling in practice. Um, no, yeah, I, I had a really good practice. I went out there the first day. Um, I would say in a half a day, I, my, I, I told Larry this, I had like 24 pounds and I, I wasn't even fishing hard, man. I just was just pitching at a wow. few and, and no, I, I had a really, really good, good practice doing. I know it got a lot of guys weren't getting a lot of bites and I was so, um, and I think that's kind of, you know, maybe, maybe I was, you know, I, I, I caught some other fish on, on a jig and like a Magnum, uh, shaky head worm and stuff like that. But, but I, I, I caught, I was catching most of my keepers on a drop shot. So I don't know if guys were not doing that. They were thinking bigger baits and not finesse, but, um, you know, that's kind of how that happened. So drop shot, drop shot was key. Well, it seemed like you caught every single fish on it in, in this area. Um, like spring Creek, I, I think they call it spring Creek because it's spring fed. There's a lot of springs all over there gotta be it's yeah. really clear water in there yeah and yep. you can see them like on your sonar you can see where they make divots mm -hmm. uh and those are the springs uh were they were you around springs or were you on a creek channel or was it none of that mattered it was all about the timber um i i don't know of any springs or anything like that on the lake particularly but what i was fishing was my my best stretch was where in spring creek there's timber everywhere you know but like and well when you get up on the flats kind of up in the hydrilla ways you start to lose stumps and timber you know but like out in the creek obviously it's just nothing but timber but the the my best area was where the main creek channel in spring creek came up against um it was maybe about a 20 yard stretch of timber that was clean bottom and 22 foot. And then you would hit like that 15 foot is where the hydrilla started. And so it was just a short little area that the main channel sw swung in. And I guess, you know, all those, a lot of those fish live out there pre-spawn and it was, it's just a great area for them to pull up uh, sitting pre-spawn to go, to go spawn. Um, my other stretch that was down a little ways from that about a hundred yard stretch it had more it was probably like a hundred yards of straight 22 20 to 22 foot with uh timber 
And, but those fish were just out there in, in sitting on like larger stumps. I noticed that throughout the tournament that I would catch most of my bigger fish on some stumps that were about five or six, seven foot tall. I think they're cypress trees. I could see them on my live scope, how they were kind of, you know, tapered down and really wide at the bottom. But, but those, those little specific spots, I found those throughout the tournament, you know, that's where I call my bigger fish, but that's, that's what I was fishing. It was just close to spawning. Um, just a, a great place for bass to sit out there. And, 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 and I honestly think that fish were swimming, coming in the Creek too, to go back in the Creek to spawn too. It's just like I was on a, it's like I was just on the sweet spot of a highway, you know, and, and they were just out. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no kidding. Like, it, and you kept saying, like, I, I, I was watching you uh, on one day where you were, you were like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to fish here anymore. And you were you were looking out, and you could still see all mm. the fish just sitting there waiting to be caught. Uh, yeah. That had to be awesome. What what did that look like? Were they stacked up that thick like cordwood? Um, no, they they weren't like. I mean, there was a lot of fish swimming around, but the the majority of the better fish were in like four and five uh, fish groups, and they were sitting on those bigger stumps and it was, it would be like maybe two really big stumps next to each other. But, but, and, and like I said, there would be four or five and I would all, I, when I saw that I'd pitch over there and like, I, I usually would always get one big one to bite. I think one of the days I caught, there was like four or five of them sitting down there and I caught maybe three, like four pounders off of it, right? Like almost back to back to back. And um, so, but no, they were, you had to, you know, I had a bunch of little waypoints, like I said, like on those bigger stumps where it seemed like little small sweet spots. And so I would just go pull up and I'd start at like my first waypoint, hit it. And then I just kind of uh, work my way through the timber because it's like a maze in there. And and then I would I would see fish, you know, just moving around or sitting on some trees and stuff like that. And I would constantly fish at them while I was going to my next waypoint, a little sweet spot, you know, and then I just kind of I just kind of worked that whole area like that. They they weren't sitting in one giant wad of fish, you know, they were just, they were just kind of scattered out in little sweet spots. That's kind of how it was. Did you see every fish that you caught this week on this or that week on the scope or did you, did, was some of the fish just fishing for them? Yeah. So this is something I, I wanted to tell a lot of people, cause I know a lot of people are like, well, you just, you just see the fish, you throw it and you catch them. Well, something that I, I did was some of those really big trees, like, when if there's a bass sitting on the back side of it or if they're really close to the tree even on the front side you can't a lot of times you can't see them right. online you know they're right. they're there so what i would do is always no matter what if i seen a big tree and i didn't see a fish on it i still would throw my drop shot up to it because a lot of times you would you would pitch up there next to it and like that fish would come out on the back side of that tree or something and just magically show up and go down your bait and eat it so i wasn't always and and uh, another thing was um, there were, there were a couple little points of grass that, that had like one big tree on it. And I would, I, I couldn't see the fish in the grass. So I would always throw over there. I think the last day I caught a really, you know, key fish for me, a four pounder or something, uh, on one of those trees that was, that was kind of hidden back in there right on the edge of the grass. So I didn't look at all of them. Uh, majority of them. Yes. But, but, uh, a few of them, no, they were just kind of blind cast. Do you, uh, what there was there any spawning going on like I, I i there has those trees in particular in other places the the sometimes the bigger fish can come up and spawn like in the crotches of the limbs of the trees did 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 any was that going on for you at all so i saw some really interesting things when i <laughs> went out there fishing i and and i honestly don't know exactly but there were on some on the tops of some of those really big trees, there were fish sitting on them and they were acting like they were on a bed. Like, I mean, there was no doubt they would I would pitch over there. They would go down on my bait, not eat it. And then they'd go back up and sit on top of the stump. Uh, and it's like and I, I mm. thought some of them were crappie. Sounds like it. But but I'm telling you, I, the, I think uh, the third day or that day I had twenty six pounds. Um, I caught one of my big fish and it was one of those fish that did that. And it was, and I just, I, I honestly, I would sit there and play with it until I got my drop shot sitting right on top of the tree. 
and I would just sit there and hold it and, and, and that fish ate it. So like, I don't, I think there's no doubt in my mind as clear as the water is there in spring Creek that, that some of those bass were spawning out there in, in that timber. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think there's a doubt that it, it was going on. Yeah. I, I, I think for sure there are probably, you know, some spawning cause I, I targeted spawning fish in the bank. And mm-hmm. there was males lined up everywhere. I mean, yeah. I caught a lot of fish. I just never caught the big ones. So I think for sure, I mean, we've heard a lot of stories over the years. I think even Lee told us a story one time of a spawning fish way deep in, on Fork. Uh, so I, I definitely think some of them fish were doing that, man. I mean, you, you know what a bass looks like on, on live scope. I feel like probably as good as anybody, you know, so. Well, well that's that's a great question. Yeah, that's a question from the message. Board, yeah. Is yeah. How do you decipher? Like, how how can you tell the difference between bass and other fish on your sonar? Cause you said oh. there was possibly crappie. Yeah. Um, I'm not that good at that yet, but, uh, well, hundred thousand later, <laughs> he's pretty good at it. Yeah, You're, you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're looking like when you, when you're looking at the fish down there, like I know for sure on, on carp and like catfish, you can tell that their tail is, yeah. is it just, it's really distinct. You know, you can yeah. see, and I, I would still pitch at some of those fish just, just to make sure. But like, um, you can see that a bass kind of like it's, uh, you can, you can see its body and it, it's, it's tail too swimming, but it's more subtle if you will. Um, and, and crappie, man, I don't know. I saw some fish that I thought were bass and they were big giant, like two pound crappie that I caught on a drop shot. So, um, and you, I don't know if anybody had saw me catch any of those, but like, uh, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, there, there may be guys that say they can, I'm, I'm not that good at it yet, but like, it's, uh, you, you, you can, you just have to, you just have to get out there and do it. And I, I just throw it all of them guys. I mean, I really, I mean, like if, if, if it looks like it's something good I want to catch, I'm going to throw at it. So. (laughs) Yeah. I, and that's, that's a great way to do it. You're obviously around a lot of bass and coach asked that question, coach. I want to, uh, recommend go check out our live uh with josh jones who just spent tons of time staring at that stuff mm-hmm. i it's probably the most uh efficient way that or best way i've ever heard anybody explain it the carp has a fork tail the catfish's tail tends to move an awful lot and if it's a striper they tend to dart mm-hmm. in and out of the shot a lot more uh just a couple really key tips on on how to distinguish uh which ones are bass but that's just time a, a lot of time on the water, no doubt about that. But uh, I got to ask you this question because Joey, you're giving me a heart attack every time you grab that line. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, it's and everybody's got their own way of landing them. I, you know, KVD set the tone like he always grabs yep. the line and lands the fish real fast. Uh, but man, I, I my heart was pounding for you with some of those big fish. Yeah. Man, I know I, a lot of people was asking me that. And, um, I want to say it it just felt right. I usually don't. I mean, now here's the thing. I I haven't been fishing bass that long. So like I'm, I've been using a net for a while. So like I'm not (laughs) landing fish without a net. So I think I'll get better at that. And I, I think next time I do it, you know, I'm not going to be using my hand as much, but I was using a seven, six rod. Okay. A spinning rod, which is pretty big for a spinning rod, a little bigger than normal. Um, and it just felt like when I was going to land those fish that it just felt like I needed to, I I couldn't, I couldn't get them the way I wanted. And, and it just felt right. I I don't know how any other way to explain it. Now I know it's a bad thing to do because, but the other thing was, was a lot of those fish were, um, they were just so like, docile i mean they they would come up and they they didn't seem like they were going to go on a big run and and they weren't real aggressive and and i could i could just easily grab my line and get the fish so that's kind of why i did that i mean it worked fine for the most part i did lose a few fish because of it but it just felt right in the moment um i don't i don't think i'd recommend people doing that but uh but you know it worked (laughs) so it worked the dub you get the w you get to land the fish any way you want yeah, right. <laughs> it's just us viewers are, are getting anxious is all. So Joe, let's let's talk about the seven six. Are you using that longer spinning rod because deep water? Um the reason I, I used that rod was because the timber was so thick. 
And I mean, you know, you've been, you, you were fishing and that stuff too, but like the, a bass may be sitting down there on one of those stumps and there, there may be like four or five trees around it. And my thought was I wanted to get, I wanted to get as much leverage because I, I wasn't like really pitching like right in front of the boat. I mean, I did catch a lot of fish right under the boat, but I was kind of making about, you know, 10, 15 yard casts or flips up there around the timber. I wanted to stay away from some. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get, I wanted some leverage to get those fish is up in the water column and away from those trees down there where I couldn't see them because I, I had to, while I was fighting fish, I had to constant be, constantly be looking at the timber around me. And I just wanted to be able to steer them around more, man. Like I, I like felt it. right to me to have a bigger rod and, and just get those things up where I could see them and kind of horse them out. So that's why I used that. I, I didn't feel as comfortable with a seven foot rod. Yeah, I like it, man. So line wise too. I mean, obviously break the floral probably. So did you go have your fluorocarbon too, or? Yeah, I did. I went twelve. Uh, Berkeley hundred percent fluorocarbon. It's it's a that line. Their their line specifically is a little larger than a a lot of the yep. other lines. So twelve. Strong stuff. Yeah, it's strong. It's strong, and it was it was it was more than. I mean, it was exactly what I needed there. Um, I in practice, I had. I think I had. I usually just have ten on my rod. And, um, it just, I was breaking off on some fish and I, I just didn't feel like it was strong enough. So yeah, I went to, I went to 12 pound. Very nice. What about the, uh, what about the bait you want to share? Or you want to keep it to yourself? No. Yeah. I got it right here, man. Um, it's, uh, this is just a hand poured worm. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that, but, but <laughs> it's a, uh, it's pretty simple morning dawn color. Um, you know, just, I, I'm telling you something. I, everywhere I go all over the country, it doesn't matter where I go. It seems like this color just, just shine. It's like, that's my number one. What is it about the morning dawn? Like it's, it's incredible. Like clear water, dirty water, current, tidal, lake, river. I'll tell you what, man, if you, if you take that worm and you flip it to a bedding fish, it reacts completely different to that color than any other color you throw at it. Like it's like a bull with red. I don't know what it is, but they just go over to it and they want to look at it or eat it or bite it or do whatever. It's there's something about it. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it, dude, I'm telling you, they see red. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a great worm. So, um, and then just I use just a real small little one knot hook on there. I like a small hook. Um, I think I'm actually gonna maybe change that because this hook that I have here was I felt like it was flexing too much, and that's why I was losing some fish. Um, so I might go to a little bit heavier rod when I'm, when I'm doing a heavier, beefier setup, like the 12 pound test, this is, this is a great hook, but with, with lighter setup. So, and then, um, you know, I had about a, I would say that's typically what I do is about a foot, 12 inches a liter. Um, and then just, a, I was using a quarter ounce weight. I, I don't know why. I mean, it, it's just kind of the first thing I, I grabbed in my box and I was using and, and it was it wasn't falling super fast. It was kind of just like that perfect fall rate, you know, like the, those bass would just kind of go down there with it. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's so simple though. You know I mean? It's just a drop shot. <laughs> looks like a pretty, looks like a pretty long, uh, leader between your weight to weight to hook. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of generally what I use. Um, how, how, how big is it? Like 16, 18 inches? No, I, I mean, man, I don't know what I would say. That's, well, it may be a little more than a, a foot, you know, okay. well, it, it might be 14 inches. Um, yeah. okay. but it, it, I don't, I, I honestly don't measure it out, you know, like I right. just, right. and it, when I tie it, so, you know, I, I, a lot of people I think do it this way. I tie a Palomar knot. You want to go through the top of the, you know, with the hook facing this way right here, you want to go down and then tie that Palomar and then come back and run your tag in straight down. And I just kind of, I just kind of eyeball it. I, right. I that mattered that much. Um, I, I probably, I probably could have went shorter. I don't know, but that's just yeah. general, you know, what style weight was, is it a teardrop or a cylinder? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, this is kind of a teardrop. And to be honest with you guys, um, I had to borrow, I, I had to, I called Brian new cause he's a buddy of mine. We, we, we were co-anglers back in the day together and, and he's a good friend of mine. And I had to, I had to call him. I said, Brian, I need all the drop shot, which he got the quarter ounce. Yeah. So he just brought me a little baggie full of um, lead and tungsten. So I, I use some teardrop quarter ounce tungstens. Um, I like those a lot. It's usually what I use primarily, especially when I go up north, go smallmouth fishing. But 
Um, lead works good too. This is a lead one. This is one I caught a lot of fish on, but, um, and then I, I really like the cylinder ones. I feel like I, I get hung up. I, I rarely ever, I don't even have them in my box, the round ball, uh, weights that I use. I, I, I don't, I don't much care for those. I feel like you get snacked more. So, well, man, amazing win. Uh, congratulations on that. And, uh, uh, just, just really fun to watch, you know, um, even even those breakoffs, gosh, heart heartbreaking. But you know yeah. that's the nature of fishing in timber, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it, it's it's high risk, high reward. I mean, yeah, yeah. yep, yes. Well, you got the reward, and uh, you know, I I want to bring on um, somebody that you know, um, and one of the legends of the sport, <laughs> obviously. Uh, just uh, one has won everything. The classic 14 BASS titles, been to more championships than anybody on the planet. Uh, Mr. Megabucks, Larry Nixon. Uh, thanks for joining us, Larry. Hi guys. How you doing? Man, we're, we're doing, we're doing pretty good, but your, your understudy had a pretty big derby. Yeah. He's kicking my tail right now. I about had that. He's going to, he's going to have to start tying my lures on and giving me a little of that luck. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'd be uh, happy to do that. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you this question because this was uh, most impressive to me, Larry. Let me know what you think is, man, day four down there didn't go so well. Uh, didn't start out like you're you're trying to close out the win. And it seemed like the the, the bites weren't coming. The big ones weren't coming. And you you hung in there so mentally tough did did you did you guys talk or did 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 you get any advice from the master on how to handle that situation larry tell him tell him what you told me yeah i called him up uh the night before and i said joey i caught him fish early this morning i said now that may not happen tomorrow i said bass wake up like a woman in a new world every Exactly what I told him, and, uh, and you know that—that's exactly what happened. I mean, they—they they didn't want to bite right. They wasn't getting his bait right. He was losing them for that reason. That's my—that's my opinion. When they're not feeding good, you're going to lose more fish. Hmm. And not only that, the size wasn't there that morning. And uh, thank gosh, he hung in there and stayed tough, and uh, you know, didn't panic. It'd have been a real easy yeah. to panic for sure. Uh, he, he never faltered. I, I, we saw that and that, that was most impressive was, was, was Larry's words ringing in your ears that that helped calm you down when you were going through that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing is, is I had been, I had been in that situation before leading going into the last day of the big tournament. And, um, so I learned a lot of that, a lot about, you know, that situation from that tournament. And so, so yeah, yeah, I was thinking about it. I was the whole time. You know, I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm all in on this thing, and no matter what happens, I'm just going to keep my head down and fish hard." But you you did exactly that, and, and uh, that was it was awesome to see. This this next question I I got to send over to Jocelyn. Is it true that a woman wakes up like that, Jocelyn? Yes, it's true, one hundred percent. Larry knows. See, he That's knows good, man. He knows all. He knows it things. all. He knows the ladies. Too. Hey, men men do the same thing, but women. Kind of got a little bit different attitude every now. <laughs> we can wake up hangry sometimes, you know. Yeah, I see for sure. I see. I'm <laughs> I'm learning something on topics I know nothing about. Yeah, today. right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you guys, how did this uh, relationship uh, happen? I mean, um, how did you guys get connected out on the tour, or how did you guys first uh, start talking? Um. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk. Uh, when I was I met uh, some a, a friend of mine that I fished uh, team tournaments here locally. His name's Logan. Um, his dad was really good good friends with Larry, and they they I think I think Doc traveled with you, Larry, didn't he? And y'all fished some tournaments together, and uh, and so so I always when I got to meet them and I knew they were friends with 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 Larry, I said, you know, hey man, I want I want to get in the fish, I want to go in the boat and fish with with. Uh, with, with Larry, if I can, you know, like I'll do anything. And, um, so it just worked out where we did. And, and Larry invited me to go down and fish some tournaments as a co-angler down in Texas. And, and that's kind of how it started. 
that's well that's that's like a winning lottery ticket really uh yeah. being able to get in the back of the boat with larry I, I gotta ask you this joey what did i mean larry's obviously separated himself but what when you were in the boat with him could you see that could you see like maybe he thinks about fishing differently than others do or 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 fishes in a way that others do what did you see from him um i what i saw is you know like he stuck he he stayed in his realm whatever what he had confidence in you know like that's that's what i learned the most from him is 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 when we went out there to fish a tournament he fished his way and and that's and he stuck to his his guns if you will you know and so um and he had a lot of confidence in in that and in, in his ability to to catch the fish so i mean that was that was kind of cool that's that's one one thing i learned from him well uh and we've seen him do that so much and and i know one of the things uh larry's famous for is being able to adjust to conditions pretty quickly uh i know that i guess we give you that moniker because of your your four mega mega bucks wins uh, which which Joey probably wasn't around when those went down, Larry. <laughs> no, uh, it wasn't. And uh, I, I feel like one of the best things I taught Joey of all is, you know, to do what you know to do and don't get in a big hurry. Uh, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen him get on that trolling motor a few times and, and you know, you, you, you got to learn to slow down. You got to have patience if you're going to be a good bass fisherman. I don't, you know, once you figure out something, now, now maybe you can get in a hurry, but until you do, you better, you better keep everything in a small package and things that you believe in and areas that you like to fish and the type of fish that you're looking for. And, you know, just don't, don't get in a hurry because they don't bite all the time. Are you listening to this, Riz? I, I am Pete. And, uh, you know, it, we, we talked about this, uh, on a show a few months ago where I said, I feel like sometimes in practice, when we get into practice mode and you're covering so much water that you miss stuff and it makes you take longer to figure it out where if you would have just slowed the heck down yep. and got one bite that leads to two, that leads to three, then you're rolling. Cause you got some confidence, you know? I've seen Riz burn 50 gallons of gas, Larry, <laughs> as I'm watching him zip around like a bumblebee. <laughs> hey, I'm we not all surprised. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> we all do it. Uh, that's great advice for anybody. Uh, Larry, when, when Joey got into your boat, um, what did you see in him? Did, could, you, could you tell right away that, hey, man, this kid's got the chops? Well, he's like me. He spent most of his life in the outdoors, either working with cows or uh hunting or fishing or something so he's got that that mental ability to really stay on top of mother nature and that's what that's what you need and not only that but he had the skills he's a lot better than i am he can he can skip baits in places i can't even think about skipping a bait in and uh you know we didn't have that back in the early days it wasn't that type of fishing uh i've not ever been on a lake that i spent a lot of time skipping docks and things like that and uh, he, he's much more advanced at a lot of the little techniques than I am. And, uh, you know, the main thing is just to get him to control his uh, urge to go what's around the next corner. And, uh, you know, once you do that and, and you get the feel for where the bass are, just like this last tournament, you know, he won it by knowing where he was going to practice. He knew that there was a multitude of fish living in Spring Creek from uh, prior tournaments and history. And, uh, you know, there was even one years and years ago, it's been a long, long time, but uh, one of our tournaments where somebody finished really, really high in that same creek out there, drop shotting in that timber. And I think Tom Mann Jr. may have finished in the top five throwing a Carolina rig out there in that timber. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about that just a little bit in practice that that was an option. And uh, it had been super cold and, uh, you know, he read the conditions perfectly. He went out there and found the fish. In fact, he called me and told me right where they were. And uh, I was just, uh, you know, it was one of them things where he's better at that type of fishing than I am. I have not mastered that type of sonar fishing yet. And uh, uh, I wasn't comfortable doing it. And it showed in my first day's catch. Well, I, you know, I think maybe the, the, the lesson needs to come around, Joey. I think, uh, are we are we taking Larry out for some forward facing sonar lessons? Yeah, Larry, uh, you can 
you can uh, give me a call anytime. And uh, I do a guy out here on Grace Ferry Lake and um, <laughs> not too expensive. And I'll take you out there and show you. <laughs> <laughs> up on that. That's for sure. Our, <laughs> our very own Howie Range wants to know, Larry, have you been teaching Joey on the use of Lorance screen as much as Joey's teaching you on forward facing sonar box? <laughs> Uh, well, not too sure about all that. His, he uses a different version of the, the forward-facing sonar, sonar than I do. And, uh, you know, who knows? He he may have better unit. I, I really think right now I need an update in my unit. It seems like everything needs an update once you get them. And uh, my boat was brand new. And I was really not seeing what I saw last year as far as uh, my forward-facing sonar is concerned. And... Uh, yeah that's key gdp oh for you sure. got to have the voltage you got to have the transducer set up right it's got to be tight yeah you want to do it right you got to do it right for yeah. sure and, and most most units you never know really how old that unit is and it may need a just a chip stuck in there and updated and and i know last year i had to get mine updated and i really think this one needs it well uh mentorship right it's been a it's a huge way to uh, to to get to the next level, and man, you you had a great one here. I, I mean, I would Joey, I would guess. I mean, you would recommend going down this road if you could to anyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Find somebody in it, it. Anybody out there that that you know is is really good. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna be at the highest level, anything you gotta go you gotta go for it. And, get in a boat with somebody to learn from them and and um i was just fortunate to be in the right places at the right time to get in the boat with larry but but you can you, you know you can do it i mean I, yeah i encourage all all the kids and anybody out there to to uh to go to go do that so i and La larry you're you know i i try to do it like i'm trying to uh to pass it along uh to you know to the people that i can you know and uh at, if somebody wanted wants to mentor, what's the best way to, to go about approaching uh, that? Because I, I guess that can be a tricky situation. You don't know this person; they want they want help. Uh, you know, what's the best way to approach someone like you to to get some help? Well, it's kind of hard. It's uh, you know, Joey lives close to me, so that made it a big plus. And uh, we we actually spent quite a bit of time together down at Doc's house, and uh, on Wednesday nights we'd get together down there. And uh, you know, actually, I'm at that age where sometimes I need a little help, and I thought, boy, this would be cool. I'll have Joy to help me launch my boat. <laughs> 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 that's hey, funny. Something along the way, and uh, that's kind of how that evolved. And. The, actually, the first time I mentioned it to him, I think he thought I was kidding because he didn't take me up on it. And about two weeks later, I said, well, dadgummit, Joey, if you're going to get in, you got to do it pretty shortly because, uh, you know, the tournaments are fixing to start. And he said, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm serious. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of how it happened. But the main thing is being local in the area, we're kind of ready to go on a whim because I'm, I'm kind of you know, I might, I might wake up on a Thursday and decide to leave. have to be there. So uh, anyway, you got to be ready in the right place at the right time. Sure. I, that, that, I, what I heard was the greatest tip ever is, you know, yeah, that, I'll be of a, be of assistance, you know, I mean, uh, uh, help, help where you can, whether it's launching a boat or backing down or, uh, you know, making yourself useful, uh, you know, I even need help carrying my bags of fish up to the scales sometimes. So. <laughs> That's a good problem. <laughs> good problem, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to this day, about half the time, he launches me and goes and parks my truck for me. Good boy. Is that that's awesome? Yeah. That's out. That's outstanding and uh, uh, certainly great advice. You now, you got are you guys traveling together uh, through the season? Do you guys do that, or uh, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we travel together, stay together in the same places, and um, I like it because Larry's famous, and we get to stay in a lot. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what a, what a cool setup! Well, I, I 
you know, I don't know if you remember this, Larry. I, I know we've talked about it before, but when Mike and I stayed together, you always admired how organized the two of us were. Uh, <laughs> and our tackle was neat and tidy. Uh, <laughs> that can't be a true statement. <laughs> no way. Do you remember walking past our room, Larry? Oh, yeah. yeah. I stuck my head in there and commented on that mess I was looking at too. Right? Uh, yeah, you couldn't have made it to the bathroom without breaking two rods if you wanted to. It was it was. Uh, we 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 are organized disorganization for for sure. Me and Mike, we blow up tackle everywhere, and then we I'll never forget. I walked into your room. I'm like, I well, he's harassing us. I got to go see how how the other half lives over <laughs> here, and everything. You know, his socks were folded. He had like one little bag. There was nothing out of place, and I'm like, oh my god, I I, I was I was impressed, but I I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> Joe or Joey, did did you notice that? Like, does does Larry keep you in line? You can't you can't let things get out of place now. Yeah, he's Larry is very organized. He has all his things in little places, and I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, I've gotten a lot better at it over the years. Larry definitely influenced me on that, but, uh, but no, yeah, yeah, he was, he was, but he, he, he wasn't over extreme or anything like that. But, but yeah, Larry likes his stuff where it, where it needs to be and all that. So it's kind of funny. That's the only way I can find it. I'll lose everything if I don't. <laughs> I like I like Joey. He left his sunglasses and his uh something else a coat and something else on my boat deck the other morning and he shagged it to the ramp and uh, I walk out and I said, Well, that'd be good. I could drive off and lose all this stuff. <laughs> <to him. laughs> That's awesome. Is you is your boat like that too, Larry? Like uh is I, I imagine it's gotta be, right? It's pretty organized now until about the second day of a tournament. Now, I'll sometimes I'll cut lures off and just throw them in there and then put them up later. But, uh, no, I take care of that stuff pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I admire that. I aspire to be like that. At the GDP, you're I'll organize, pretty, man. You, you keep stuff pretty tight, too. It's tight. Real tight. Yeah. I don't, if you guys are selling any of that, I'm buying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do it on my own. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Guys, this is amazing. It was so cool. Uh, what a great uh, partnership and, and relationship. It, mentoring is uh, at Bash U. It's all we're all about teaching people how to get their fishing to the next level. And this is, uh, man, you you guys are setting the pace. I can't imagine um, a mentor relationship that puts a guy into the winner circle in the elites that quick. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Pretty impressive, guys. Congratulations on that. Well. Let me say one thing about mentoring. This was never considered a mentoring when me and Joey started playing. We started having fun. And uh, it, 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 it kind of evolved into this because of all the press and people talking about it. But, uh, you know, Joey wanted to fish tournaments and, and I just needed a practice partner. And that's kind of how we got started. And uh, Fortunately, you know, he took it all to heart and, uh, and, and it made him a better fisherman. He was already a very good fisherman. Believe me, like I said, he's better than I am right now. And, uh, so it wasn't something we planned. It just happened. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's amazing to watch it. And, uh, I can't imagine what's going to happen. Uh, Larry, we, you have, I don't know if you know, you, I'm sure you know that you've qualified for more than more championships than anybody else by a lot in the sport of fishing. Uh, and that's, it's going to be, I, I'm rooting for you. I can't wait to see it. The next classic. I'm wanting to make another one bad. I mean, uh, you know, the total number of championships is unreal to only have won one. I'm not too proud of that that number, but to make it every year for so many years is, uh, you know, it's satisfying to me. Ken Duke has you at 42 championships. Yes. <laughs> Whoo. That's I, impressive. Like 44 or 45, but, uh, you know, I know I made 19, uh, FLW championships and 25 classics. So what's that? 44. 44. Wow. That's strong. That's super strong. Well, uh, man, I, I wish you all the best. Uh, we'll be watching you guys throughout the rest of the elites. And 
want to thank uh, both you guys for joining us. Uh, Joey, congratulations on your great win. And, and Larry, congratulations on, on being back at Bassmasters. We, we really love watching you over there. And we wish you guys best luck this season. Thank, thank you, guys, very much. You Appreciate bet. It. Joey Fuentes and Larry Nixon, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Guys. Man, what, what, a, what an awesome pairing. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I think back in the old days when I used to message you, Pete, I never, never got some mention. Get out of here! <laughs> no, it was well, good. did you launch his boat for him? <laughs> no, I didn't. I was waving at him. He just kept on walking. No, nah, I actually had Ike take me out years ago. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I was nervous, man. Yeah, yeah, big time. That's that's. Uh, I think it's important. I mean, like I said, I Rich Snyderate was my mentor, and I hell of a that's a hell of a mentor. Too. Oh man, he's he's a killer. He was solid up in the northeastern part of the country. He's won more uh, amateur tournaments than anybody, and uh, by a mile. And I was uh, fortunate enough. I drew, you know, that's kind of luck. I drew him out in a tournament, and um, uh, you know, we wound up just he hired me in the environmental field and uh, next hmm. thing you know i was in his club and we practiced together but as um as a person being mentored the thing that i noticed so much about uh somebody like that is how they were just had this innate ability to like like you said be confident mm -hmm. stick to their guns he would have we would have the worst practices ever and he would go win the tournament yeah and you're like how like and and that was to me the most powerful lesson because we I would drive home with him mm. and and I'd be like you caught two fish yesterday how did you catch the winning bag today and he'd go through well here's here's what happened I had to make this adjustment I did this and he, and and I started to understand the you know the the complexities or really the lack of complexity required to to get the w you know right. and uh, i got that but those ride homes those were priceless they were more important than anything mm. is just understanding yeah, getting, getting into the mind of that's cool of a, of a champion like that and uh mm. and joey has has been fortunate to be able to do it with mr nixon so it's pretty yeah. amazing that's amazing man what a what a great interview thank you guys uh thanks for hanging with us we're going to take a quick commercial break we're going to come back and talk to another champ about what he did uh, last week on Lake Gunnersville. I can't wait to hear the story. We'll be right back talking with GDP right after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the South Rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense. It's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. It is the sensitivity of the rod. That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. 
strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in the tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.